McConkey. Dave Holmes, horns up. Oh, horns up? Yes. Horns all the way up. All the way up for a very special episode today. Holy cow. You, um, if you are, okay, if you are new to this show because the name of the metal legend Rob Halford brought you in, welcome. We are thrilled to have you. Um, you will wonder why we have metal legend Rob Halford and then ask him, you know, what te- what he's watching on Netflix. But that's what we do. We get that's into the thing. pop culture that people love and then the people that people love. That is what homophilia is all about. And welcome. It, it felt it, it felt weird to talk to Rob Halford and be like, what's hey, what, what are, are you watching on Spotify? Kind of. With his but, with his rings and his leather and his chains, full sunglasses inside, everything you want Rob oh. Halford to be. And you know yeah, when we were obviously we're recording this over Zoom, but when we were recording in the Earwolf Studios, and occasionally somebody would come in, and there would just be titterings throughout the hall halls. Like when Andrew Scott came in, everyone yes. was you know it was yeah. palpable. It was Tricks in the air. And, and yeah, today a very similar energy, and we're just doing this on Zoom. That's correct. I mean, Engineer Brett, a special uh, appearance by Engineer Brett, uh, just, you know, for the occasion, because he's such a fan. Um, And we have Kimmy producing today, and everybody is just up in arms over uh, this icon. A buzz for Rob Halford, who has such great stories. He is such a fascinating guy. He was everything I hoped he would be, and more. Um, He is coming up. Um, You know... We're all stuck at home yeah. um, and things come in, like people ask you to do, like opportunities come up and th- things happen and whatever. And it's harder than ever to say no, because uh, what are you going to say? Like, I have something else to do. You don't. Yeah. So how busy could you be? Where are you going to go? How busy can you really be? And I am a sayer of yes anyway. Um, I'm going to try and say this, like, I'm going to try and be as vague in this story as possible, but I got asked mm. to do a panel. There was like a three day sort of like days of panels on like queer issues. Okay. And so, a stranger from a PR company got a hold of me and like via Instagram or whatever, and like showed me what it was going to be and was like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yes, sure. Yes. I'm home. Why not? Yes. So, um, so then like a week before the thing, he's like, I'm going to put you in, on the panel about, uh, you know, shift the, the changing gender norms in the entertainment industry. And in my head, I'm like, well, I'm a cisgender white guy. I don't know that I'm the one to speak to it, but I guess I'll be the token cisgender white guy on the thing, right? Okay. So I hear nothing. I hear nothing like including what it is or what it entails or how to log on to it or whatever. I hear nothing except for like. Two days before, the PR guy is like, why aren't you posting about it? I've, I've followed you. I've looked at your feed and you're posting about other things. Ooh. Okay. Um, you know, the other things are things that I'm doing that are part of what I do as a job. So they do take priority. And, and when I got to spare, you know, when there's a day that I'm not trying to push a thing, yes, yeah. Um, also, so, I will so need I, to know what this thing actually is. Also, and what yeah, I can say if, about it. if you could tell me what it is and what I could, what people can expect from it if and when they log in, that'd be great. Never find out. So I'm on the um, the gender panel, as is Rod Thomas, our friend, uh, Bright Light, Bright Lights, oh, okay. Rod Thomas, Rod great. Thomas. Um, and he 
gets at me like an hour before this thing. And he's like, have you looked? And I hadn't looked at the list of panelists. It's a long list of panelists. I No name jumped out except for Rod's. Didn't really take a look. I was like, no, I, I actually haven't taken a look at who it's going to be. I was just going to be surprised. He said, um, well, I, I won't tell you anything. I'll see you in an hour or whatever it's going to be. So the time rolls around. I log into the thing. It's a panel on shifting gender norms in the entertainment industry. And the panel is 14 cisgender white guys. Oh, boy. And and one trans uh, actor, who uh, a guy named Scott, who was great and who we should get on the show. But like all, just all of it. Like the diversity was one of them was named Carlos and one was from Canada. And that was the diversity, right? So this, uh, so they, they clearly 15 minutes before the thing started, somebody was like, this is a terrible look. The moderator, who was a mixed race cisgender guy, um, and all, all gay people, by the way, um, got a like a, a co-moderator who was a woman. So the thing starts and the female co-moderator is like, first of all, how dare you? Like to all of us, like you saw what this was going to be and you had a chance to stand up for diversity and you didn't do it. And and we just have to ask ourselves how this happened, like immediately furious at us. And I'm like, oh my I, I just did. I said, yes, I just said yes. And whatever. Um, the thing goes on, like the first question is to me and it's, you're an MTV VJ, Dave, you have your finger on the pulse of the youth. What do you think about gender? And I'm like, the youth who watched when I was on MTV are 40 years old now. So I don't know, but whatever. So I, I try, they, they go to another guy like, what do you think about gender and entertainment? And he's like, I'm a cosmetic surgeon. I don't know. Through it all, there's one guy in his 60s who doesn't know how to mute himself. Oh, boy. So so the, on the rare occasions that somebody gets a question that is answerable and they have an opinion on it, in the middle of it, this guy goes, Richard, no. No, Richard. It's in, <laughs> no, it's in the cabinet above the sink. No, Richard. Like just uh, several times throughout the whole thing. And if you have it on speaker view, then he's all you see. Great. So fantastic. Um, the, w there was a Q&A. Well, there was, they solicited – a Q and A, and here was the one question that we got. Um, and I'm just gonna, okay, if from anonymous, as one of the most affluent gay men in my industries, I would like to ask, uh, do you feel like the community gives me blah 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 whatever? I'm gonna. At one point, I was a gay liberty until my shelf life was up. Then I was treated like an outcast. My question is why? Why? What? Why don't? My question is. Why don't you like me? And I, I don't know because I don't know who you are. All I know is that you're affluent. So so I answer the question and I'm like, first of all, can I borrow $400? Crickets. Uh, and then oh I'm like, you God. guys, this is inter this is homophobia that I'm getting from my gay, br my gay brothers exclusively. Again, crickets. Um, nobody could answer it. This is the super Cliff Notes version. But at the end, the... Um, the, the female co-moderator. Oh, who, by the way, has a rooster behind her, a live rooster. Come on. On her couch, up on her shoulders, just a live rooster. So Rod and I through the whole thing are like, are we having the same nervous breakdown or is does that woman have a live <laughs> rooster in her apartment? Um, so the, the female co-moderator, who, God bless her, she was righteously angry, but just not, you know, just not of the right people. Right. Goes, um, you know, before we go, I'm not afraid to sit in discomfort. So let's do that together. Um, you all got a call to participate in this. And 
what you thought was, this will be a great marketing opportunity for me. And you didn't think I'm going to pass this up in favor of diversity. So let's, let's just consider that for a moment, like fully guilting us. This is the strangest thing. It's the strangest thing. Like to be invited to be on a panel is actually a test because the only right thing to do is to say, no, I will not help you with this thing. You are asking me to volunteer to do. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. So she gets furious at us. I I swear to God, the rooster then jumps into her hair and she screams. And it was like, at this point (laughs) I was just like, I have to, I have to, I have, I'm, a hostage in this situation and I have to break out. So then the the, the cosmetic surgeon and I followed each other on Instagram and I DM'd him real quick and I was like, what the hell was that? And he was like, what do you mean? So like, I think, I think at least half the panel was like, that was fun. Oh, well, uh, maybe other people just uh, thought that it served its purpose. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, gender. It's crazy, huh? Oh my my God. So that was, so that's, that was the day I learned to say no. Oh, uh, speaking of saying no, I don't know what yes. that means. This is not know. a segue at all. <laughs> we are, uh, we're, we're retiring the meet cute segments, um, yeah. to move on to something else, but we did get one more that we yeah. want to share. Yeah. And it's to somebody who had also sent in a first time who I won't name. Ooh. Um, cause I don't know his name. Oh. Um, but here's his meet cute. Do you have it up? I do. Great. I'll start. Just listen to your latest episode calling for meat cutes. Here's mine. When I was coming out a few years back, I decided I wanted to talk to a priest about it. So I went to the very kind Father Bob, who I knew from undergrad, came out to him, afraid to look at him, worried at his reaction. When I finished my whole long coming out speech, trademark, I finally looked at Father Bob and the man had tears running down his face. He then offered the kindest and most affirming words of support for me. Just truly the best advice you could ask for when coming out, let alone from a Catholic priest. Matthew? Anyways, the next day he sent me an email to introduce me to a very nice young man named John, who had also recently come out to Father Bob. So I emailed Ryan saying, if a priest says we should meet up, then we probably should. Fast forward a few days and a few dates over drinks, and John was the first guy I actually slept with. Very sweet oh. guy, very lovely time together. So thanks, Father Bob. Yay! Oh, God, I noticed that that Priest. person DM that to you at four thirty-six a.m. Oh, you know, uh, I didn't notice that detail. What a cute story! You know, when someone starts off a story about coming out to a priest, you don't think it's going to go this way. No. No, it could go any so number of ways, but did. this one was very satisfying. You know what? Uh, anonymous person who sent in uh, that meet cute story, you're a gay liberty, and I, I hope you stay that way forever. That's right. That's right. I really do, and I believe you will. Uh, um, and we've got a gay liberty, a celebrity, oh, a celebrity dude, in his own a right. Fucking a legend. Are you kidding yes. me? A legend. The one and only Rob Halford is coming up. We are back with Rob Halford. Hey, everybody. Holy cow. How Hi, are everybody. you? Horns up. Got to put the horns, horns up. Yeah, everybody all the, the way up. up. Yes. Got your British steel ring on. 
Yes, got, I've got my, my all my jewels, my jewelry. I yes, love it. Now, where have, where are you dress. at the moment? Well, I'm at my home in Phoenix, you know, and I'm usually right. walking around in my tatty old man boxer shorts during the day. But um, I I dressed up especially for this fabulous Zoom that we're doing together. Uh, well, I, 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 I'm sad that this is not a visual medium because the people are being cheated uh, from oh. the, the full look. I mean, you, you came as Rob Halford today. Well, yes, that's it. Uh, presentation is everything. Yes. Always Damn leave a right. good first impression. That's my that's philosophy. Absolutely right. So yes. you are, so you're in Phoenix. Yes. Um, are, what is the extent of your lockdown? Are you leaving the house? Uh, not not so much, no, because for people in my generation, it's uh, extra challenging. Of course, for everybody, it's difficult. But for souls such as myself, um, it's pretty much, um, I, haven't been any, I haven't been anywhere and done anything since I got back from the UK in March. Um, yeah. I mean, we stay in touch, all of us in the band and management and friends and family, we stay in touch with the Zooming and the WhatsApping and the FaceTiming. But um, I think I've maybe seen um, one or two of my close friends here in the Valley because we're all in the same demographic. And uh, so it's, it's tough, you know. I'm here with Thomas, the love of my life. And he, you know, we're keeping each other company 25 years later still. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think I go out, I, I, I leave the house maybe once every couple of weeks to go and do my, <laughs> do my grocery shopping because um, I can't trust Thomas with that because he always forgets the eggs or forgets the milk or something. So Thomas. Um, I, put the, I put the full PPE on with the mask and the gloves and, uh, you know, the whole kind of thing that you do because we believe the scientists, not the politicians. Um, right. And uh, that, that's, that's how it is for me. And I'm sure that's the way it is for so many other people here in America and around the rest of the world. But, you know, this is a classic example of everybody having to rally round each other and support each other and love each other and do what we need to do till we get to the other side of this horrible pandemic. Yeah. <clears throat> Is the costume element of the PPE a comfort? Because <laughs> you're not afraid to serve a look. Oh, no, 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 no. It did cross my mind about going down to my local fries in my, in my, um, my uh, chaps and... <laughs> Boots and leather jacket, you know the whole the whole regalia and leather jock, and just wandering around through the ve fruit and veg se section. Well, but once um, it's over, it's something for us to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, I love what we do in Judas Priest, and you see this beautiful band that's celebrating fifty years of being together right now, and you see us from the perspective that we want you to see us and you want us to see us as these guys on stage looking and, and performing and, and that's, that's the connectivity, you know? Uh, but when, when we're, um, yes, usually I'm, I look like RuPaul out of drag. So okay. right now, there you go. All right. That's what, that's what I usually look like when A I'm not working. Suit. Yes. Something like that. Definitely. <laughs> Rob, what are you listening to right now? Who, like, who are you listening to that's exciting you? 
in 2020? Well, um, I'm all over the place. Uh, it's so difficult to keep up to, to names with um, with the, with the constantly evolving and revolving great talent that's that's coming ahead. You know, so I'm all over the place from the the, the classic bands, the classic metal bands that I love, whether it's um, Metallica or Megadeth or Maiden or Slayer or Obituary or or uh, or more recently bands like Code Orange or Tool or Scorpions or Rage Against the Machine or more recently Greta Van Fleet um, or uh, oh, there's so many. But, uh, you know, uh, music is, 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 my, is water to me. I, I have to have music on all the time. The first thing I do when I wake up is put music on, you know, and, and that, that sustains me. And that's the beauty and the power of music particularly in these challenging times because it's a wonderful resource for comfort and for, for enjoyment and excitement, you know. Uh, so, yeah, uh, music is, is, a, is a really vital part of who I am as a person, as it is for most people, but particularly for myself as a musician. My tastes have not really mellowed, no, no, and, and that's important for for me and and for us in priest because priest is a very fierce ferocious band to come and see and listen to and um you know i look at i look at some of those early things that we did as a band on video and in performance and nothing has really changed that much the dynamics are still there you know the intensity of the show the way we work with our fans um no, I'm glad in that respect. I'm glad I haven't become a boring old fart uh, and a cynical queen. I, I think those things have no real value. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in a good place for for the things that I need to do as a as a musician. What else? Uh, sorry, I, I think I'm on a delay, but. Um, what else is uh, sort of bringing you comfort in quarantine? Are you binging any TV shows or have you watched any movies you've loved recently, read any books that you'd recommend aside from your own, obviously? Um, well, again, like, like we're all trying to find ways of occupying our time. Let me just say that right now, this would be sort of a downtime period for Priest because we were out on the Firepower Tour, our last record. And we, we worked until last July, I believe it was. We slept around the world like three times and we, we played hundreds and hundreds of shows. So this would kind of be downtime. However, having said that, we should also be on the road celebrating our 50th anniversary. And that went tips up because of the pandemic. So I'm in the same boat as, as, as we all are, you know, trying to find things to do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always back and forth with the band um, talking about new ideas, new possibilities with music and other, other projects that we're working on. And we've got quite a few in the pipeline. But, yeah, I, I, have, I have spare time, if you want to call it that. And so I'm a binger. I love a, I love a good binge. I've just recently binged on all of the Umbrella Academy which is just Great. amazing. I love the um, so Umbrella Academy. And um, prior to that, I binged on The Witcher, um, which, is, which is kind of a, kind of a cool 
connection because, as we know, Henry plays the Witcher and Henry is also wonderfully amazing as Superman. And the other Superman, if that's the right way to put it, was Christopher Reeve, Reeves, who I met in his Superman outfit and a fur coat walking down the lot in Pinewood Studios. So there's, that's in the book. There's, um, oh. there's a couple of things. Um, I'm just about to start the latest Ken Follett book, which is the prequel to Pillars of the Earth. I'm also about to start uh, a John Pullman novel, which is also kind of a prequel to his Dark Materials. So there's always something going on. Keeping occupied, I think, is is important. You know, it might it might seem it might seem like it's wasting time, but it's not because whenever we engage ourselves with a show or a book or a song, uh, it, it's beautiful. It's positive energy, and I'm I'm all for positive energy. Yeah. What did you grow up listening to? Because before priest, there was no priest. There, there was you really blazed a trail. What, what was like? What did you listen to in your bedroom? I can remember even as a little kid going to my grandparents and playing with a big radio dial in the corner of their house and just listening to every kind of music that was coming through uh, on this big old radio gramophone player and. Um, so it seems music has touched me in a very special way from a very early age. But obviously, as you get older, particularly when you're going into your kind of formative teen years, when you're neither a, a kid but you're not an adult yet, but music starts to be a very important part of your life because you're going through the hate phase. You know, I hate mum, I hate dad, I hate, the, I hate the dog, you know, but I love my music. So the music is a solace and you're drawn towards music. And in, in my case, um, again, it was pretty much all over the place. I didn't really start to attach myself formally to music until the 60s. Uh, I was born in 1951, so I come 61, uh, the start of the great um, cultural revolution, and particularly in the UK with music. It was everybody, obviously the people like the Beatles, for example, um, there was a great Mersey scene, as it was called, you know, the Beatles, Jerry and the Pacemakers, Tremolos, all of these great acts were coming out of, of the UK. But, but there was a transition going on in music into, from pre-rock and roll. So it was everybody as a, as, as a younger guy. I mean, I, I, I was just an open book, just absorbing every kind of music that, that, uh, that I could uh, explore and have adventures with. Yeah. Um, a, a thing that I have turned to for comfort, my own self during lockdown, um, is uh, is a thing I used to. I, I had the original videotape. I then found it on DVD. It is now on YouTube. And I've always wondered to what degree you are. I mean, I'm sure you know about it. Heavy metal parking lot. Oh, yes. Yes. That's a okay. beautiful microcosm of of you know, society at, at that point, And it doesn't really change that much. Is there a question no. about that you want to ask me? Or just, just well, a view? I, view I, just, I just kind of want to talk about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you've seen it. Yes, I have. I have because it's important in, in a lot of ways. What it shows then and, and, and still happens now is the sheer joy and exuberance and, and fanaticism yeah. that, 
sustains you as as a band, as a, as a performer, you know, because you look at that and you, you see it from a, you see your fans from a different angle, from a different perspective. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, from, from, uh, that one famous guy, you know, singing, singing, you got another thing coming and living after midnight. Uh, and then, and then some, some chick going, yada, yada, yada. I jump his bones, you know, Rob, that's so, part of the whole thing. Yeah. That's got to be a T-shirt. I, I must have a T-shirt made, made with "I jump his bones." Um, I've made, I've made a but, gif of it. <laughs> really? Oh, oh yeah. You've got to, I'll send it you've to got you. To let me see that. Put it onto yeah. my. You know, I'm all over the socials. I'm a silver surfer. So if you put <laughs> stuff at, at, at Rob Halford Legacy on my Instagram, I love what right. what what our fans put up on there. But it is, you know, parking lot hasn't really changed that much in in as in the way that. Um, the, our beautiful fans, uh, you know, come to a show and party before the show and then mm-hmm. through the show and then afterwards they go to a bar or a club or, you know, back home and bring their friends around. So it is beautiful. It, it's just, a, it's just a, a fantastic expression of, of love and support. Yeah, they're so enthusiastic and exhilarated. And, I mean, it is, we have to address, you are serving like leather gay realness to them like in just you know very overtly in, in a way that they are just not attuned to at well, least not at the conscious level yeah well um i always enjoy this part of a conversation because um it, it it gives me an opportunity to say um as i always will that this whole image particularly from where i'm standing on the stage was purely designed uh as a as a kind of married expression to the sound and power and volume of the music okay if you look at the very very early pictures of judas priest and some of the very early video clips of judas priest um it's like looking at a different band you know mm-hmm. and and it took us a while to really figure out uh, something visually that was connecting with the music. So how wonderful it was that we turned turned on and tuned in. Um, who said that? Uh, to, oh, I forgot, forgot about the dropout. Uh, to um, this whole leather experience. And... The fabulous thing for me as a gay man is that is that, that we have this great subculture in, in our in our gay community of that whole leather world. So that was that was a bonus for me. Uh, but again, having said that, I um, I never really viewed it in any other way than an expression of a look, a fashion, a style, a design that was right. perfect for the sound of the band. Right. Would you have gravitated toward leather? I I, I just, it, it was that an interest at, uh, that existed outside of the music? That's a great question. Um, here's my answer. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I have, I, I have many friends that are, are into that scene. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. It's really powerful and potent and, and great, you know. Right. I also have I also have great friends 
that that are in are in another area of of who we are. Like Shishi Larue is a great friend of mine, yeah. and um, and some other friends that that are that 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 uh, enjoy um, displaying themselves in that in that way because that's who they are. That's how they want to show that side of their yeah. personality. But no, it, it never really. It never really uh, appealed to me. I have to say, guys, I'm I'm, I'm pretty vanilla. <laughs> yeah, I'm very I'm very vi- is it mi- mini vanilla, whatever they were called. I'm very <laughs> vanilla in that in that respect, which is probably which which always seems to be a, a bit of a shock to some people because they they think I sort of hang myself upside down in a sling, and I don't you know, <laughs> never have never will. <laughs> I think I think I get my outlet from dressing up like I do on stage, not in a sexual way, of course, but mm-hmm. I, I love to dress up. We all love to dress up as we're approaching Halloween. I must get a, a costume together and stand at the top of the drive and scream at people. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that's just a beautiful, one of the many beautiful stories that, that connect, um, connect us with Judas Priest. Yeah. What would you go as? Well, where I'm at, this, this part of the neighborhood, it's, um, you have to be careful. <laughs> um, what is that? Oh dear. I'm, oh no, 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 I'm not going to go off on that. I try and keep, <laughs> I try and keep politics out of my wonderful chats with friends like yourselves only because I'm a British guy. I don't have my American citizenship yet. And I, I always view myself as a guest in this beautiful country. I love America so much. And of course, there's there's an awful amount of discourse right now as the election looms, which is the same in any country. And, but, um, I think that's, I think that's kind of a, a personal, um, expression of opinions and ideas, um, that are best served in a different format. Having said that, having said that, I'm a gay man, so you know where my politics are, obviously, yeah. you know. Right, right. And we, and we might infer that you're living in a Trumpy area, but we won't delve. We won't delve. <laughs> yeah. won't delve. Uh, I mean, Phoenix is Nobody Phoenix. wants to talk about it now. Phoenix is indeed Phoenix. Um, so tell us about Thomas. Uh, 25 years uh, is, is no joke. How did you meet? Oh, it's a great story in the book. I wanted to put, I wanted to give him chapter after chapter after chapter because he's a, he's a personality. He was born and raised. Um, was it a trailer <laughs> in rural Alabama that had one stoplight and a, and a, and a corner, a grocery store, um, where a little bit later on in our relationship, I would call him long distance and we would talk all night together on the phone which is kind of sweet. Mm. But um, I met him. I don't think this is in the book. I met him. I, I was on the road with, with the band. I forget what year it was. We have to get, go back 25 years. And I was in my room and um, I'd got a couple of uh, local magazines with personal ads in the back. And uh, one of the ads was Active Duty Marine seeks friends uh especially into heavy metal music so <laughs> i couldn't find a pen and paper fast enough <laughs> oh my god because <laughs> i have a thing I, fa- I have a i have a thing for men in uniform um so um i wrote a note 
to this PO box and sent it, sent it to this PO box and didn't really think much, much more about it. And then when I got home after tour and I went to get the mail from the PO box, there was this reply from this guy called Thomas. And that was the start of our writing um, relationship. Did you um, tell them that you were Rob Halford in the, the first note that you sent or you just sort of started the conversation? I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure I, mean, I did. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. tough to drop on somebody <laughs> yeah. later in the relationship. Yeah, I think he thought, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he thought it was a bit of a, a bit of a wind up, a bit of a joke at first. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. You know, this is a very good question. It's a very good question. Funnily enough, a few few months ago, I was rummaging around in, in one of my many closets mm-hmm. and I found some of the letters that he sent to me from 25 years ago. Oh. And um, as he was an active duty Marine, he was in some pretty intense stuff. He fought in um, the, the Desert Storm Gulf War, um, which was pretty intense and then even more intense than that was Somalia, where some, and he's never spoken to me about what happened there. I can only assume because we've seen the footage of some of the things that went on there. Um, thank God he, he came out of it unscathed uh, physically and mentally. And unfortunately, so many didn't, you know, um, particularly from the PTSD side of things. But he's, um, he's fine in 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 that uh, respect, thank the Lord. But, um, yeah, so we have this, this little writing thing back and forth, you know, until we, we eventually met in Oceanside in California. And uh, we went and had some dinner and a bit of a chit-chat. And, uh, and then, you know, that, there was nothing really more than that. It was our first, you know, one-on-one face-to-face type of a deal. And, Did he show uh, up in uniform? I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't expect that. Although, you know, you, you used to walk around Oceanside in those days and there were guys in the dress blues and the camis and everything, you know, and I'm like, well, tongues on the floor. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, that was that. And it, something, something, you know, it's one thing to write to one another. Writing is a beautiful way of expressing your feelings and your sentiments besides just general chit-chat. And so I was feeling these great things about him before we even met in person. But when I met him, because, I, again, I have another thing for redheads, and he's a redhead. Not so much now. He's kind of a grayish redhead. But um, anyway, uh, he was like, oh, my God, oh my God, this guy's so fucking hot, you know. And uh, so um, we just continued to to stay in touch by, by letter. And then he vanished for months and months and months. And then I thought, oh, he's skipped me to the curb, you know, but he hadn't because he'd been sent off on some secret mission. And all of those people that went on this secret mission were forbidden to have any contact with anybody back home in the U.S., so eventually I did get a letter from him and he was saying, I, you know, this is what's happened. I'm sorry I couldn't do anything about it, blah, blah, blah. Are you still there? Can we still kind of stay in touch? And so we did. But then it went on from there. This is a lifetime story. This is a Hallmark Channel story that's screaming for its own show. 
because it's it's a beautiful, beautiful part of of our uh, loving relationship that we've had for 25 years. And a lot of this didn't didn't get into the book. It, we've got so much stuff left over the the, the the Thomas chapters that I really want to utilize that at some point because relationships are part of what make us, you know, those of us that, that have the beautiful experience of relationships, no matter how they turn out, it, it's, it's, it's a defining part of us that we don't know about until we have a relationship is what I'm trying to say. So he brought something into my life for the first time ever because my prior excursions with relationships were probably apart from the, the uh, occasional um, intimate uh, moments, they were ex- exclusively with, with straight men. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is a great part of who we are in the gay community because I have a lot of, lot of gay friends who are attracted to, to, to exclusively straight guys. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to think, well, why is that? Why are we drawn? Why am I drawn to a straight man? Is, this, is there still something about me that's not letting go in my, my acceptance to who I am as a, as a gay person? You know, am I, am I kind of still kicking back somehow? So um, I talk a little bit about that as well in the book. So my dating and my, re- my relationships... Um, were quite um, spectacular and in one instance absolutely horrific because I lost, I lost uh, a beautiful guy that I had a relationship with through suicide. So um, I've, I've kind of run the, the gauntlet, as we say, you say gauntlet here, kind of run the gauntlet with, um, with my early relationships until I found the one. Right. It's a safer way... Um to have relationships i think when you when you're coming out when you're when you're having those first few things it, it is almost easier to car- compartmentalize and have your emotional needs met by a straight person where sex can't enter into it and it can't get unpredictable in that way and then there's just sex on the other side and you add it together and it feels almost like a whole relationship but it's not it's unsatisfying well, you've probably answered something i've been looking for that's just a very articulate way of of expressing um, one of the reasons why I, and I'm presumably not just I, but, but many of us have, have gone down that, uh, gone down that route. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I think a lot of people say, Oh, it's just because I always want what I cannot have. I'm just programmed that way. But in your case, you could have it and did have it. Sounds like many times. I, I wish, I wish it was many times. but but um i think the other the other purpose was that you know i was having these relationships with with um with straight men while i was still deeply hidden in the closet yeah you know very few people knew of these relationships that i was having in the public sense as you know a lot of people in the entertainment world it's difficult to keep things quiet and private. And this was before, you know, cell phones and the internet and TMZ and paparazzi and all that stuff at that level, at the level it is now. So I was able to have these kind of very low key relationships. And um, those that I did have were with people that, that were also very kind of subdued. They were not very outgoing. They didn't attract attention. So maybe that's another 
maybe that's another reason why I why I went in that direction. Yeah. What was the process of coming out to yourself like? Um, do, you, do you remember like a moment? Um, yeah. There's a very there's a very powerful uh, moving uh, episode in in Confess where I think I'm probably 15 going on 16 and I'm so distraught. I'm so t tearing myself apart. I just started to work at the Grand Theatre Wolverhampton. So I was, for the first time in my life, I was, I was making contact with a lot of exclusively, exclusively gay people because prior to that, I didn't, I didn't know any gay people, you know, so here I am at 15, going on 16, and uh, working in a theatre. And um, it was just unbelievably amazing and fantastic. But I was, getting, um, I was getting all of these feelings that, as you were transitioning more to an, towards an adult, you know, maybe I'm like some of these guys over here, you know, I... These are gay guys, and I'm I'm feeling the same way too. Um, I know I've had these feelings forever, even since a kid. I recognised that inside of me when I was like eight or nine years of age. I was more drawn to 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 people like myself, and so on. This one particular afternoon, it was a slow afternoon before a performance in the night, and I I, I had this really powerful uh, need to go to a church. Now, bearing in mind that, you know, I was born and raised in what we call, you know, Church of England. My, my family never was uh, full on in the religious sense, but there, was, there, were, there were kind of practices that, 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 and, and, and values and, and morals that we, that we were taught as kids. And I, and, I, and I just had this need to go to a church. So I went to this local church. It was like five, 10 minutes walk from the, from the, uh, the theater. And I walked into this church and whenever you go into a church, no matter how much noise there is on the outside, you walk into a church and it's always peaceful. That always blows my mind. You go into a church in New York city and it's just, Oh my God, you know, all this, all the peace starts to flood in. So I go into this church and I'm wondering, I don't even know why I'm there. I'm just drawn to this church. And then in the corner of the church is this beautiful figurine of, of the Virgin Mary in a corner lit with candles and blah, blah, blah. And I go up to the Virgin Mary. This sounds crazy. I go up to the, to, well, not so much now. Um, go up to the Virgin Mary and I'm like, you know, I, I just need, I need some help because I'm just, I, I'm, this, this thing is tearing me apart, you know, as a, as a young person. And I'm trying to, trying to find out the definition of who I am in my sexual identity. And then I just had this massive, it was like a wave of warm water, just like this beautiful wave of, of peace and, 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 and solitude just came, came like, like it smothered me, you know. And, 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 and then on top of all that, I get this uh, smell of roses. I could smell roses. And I, I often think back at that, and, and I think, was I just being a drama queen? But no, I wasn't. It was true. It actually happened to me. So that moment, I just felt this incredible peace and grace, and I felt blessed, you know? Yeah. And I walked out of that church feeling, feeling a lot better about myself. And um, it still wasn't the end of that, that journey of, of pure 
acceptance, but it was a it was an incredible moment that was like a catalyst for me to to feel that I had been accepted and uh so that's one one of the one of the many um really uh, important parts of the book that that again talk about me as a person in that aspect wow and then you know and then you're in the the world of metal in the 80s at a, at a you know a very conservative time in in world history in a you know a, a fairly conservative genre i would imagine um was there was there talk of coming out publicly or is it just something you were going to do no I, I was having to hide all of that i was having to hide all of that because again like so many of us before we come out we're, we're, we're doing that thing where you put everybody before yourself you know right. you like gotta make sure you're okay and gotta make how, how are you feeling about this is, is that okay and then and then you're at the end of the of the of the line. You're at the the end of the queue. You know, and you can't live your life like that. So you've got to get your own house in order. You've got again. You've got to learn how to love yourself, and to appreciate everything about yourself, and and know that that well, everything in you is good, and has value, and and is a beautiful thing. And once you get that in place, then you can take care of everything else uh, that, that surrounds you. But it, it, at that time, for me, it, it was. Um, it was a case of got to protect the band, got to protect this, got to protect that, got to protect the other because of the fear of, of pushback and kickback and possibly uh, the band disintegrating because of the the attitudes that were prevalent at that time. The gay world was still in a tumultuous place and particularly in the 80s with a horrific um, AIDS uh, pandemic, you know, um, where gay people were vilified all the time you know, don't touch a guy, you know, don't get anywhere near them. We, we, were, we were cast out like pariahs. Everybody forgot that, that this was a horrible, horrible thing that happened to everybody. But because it was most noticeable originally within our world, we were just, we were just looked upon as being something horrible and, and it was tough. So I'd got all that going on as well in the 80s, you know. Right. Very, very uh, difficult time for for us in, in the gay community. Uh, but for me, in, in my role as the lead singer from this, you know, very powerful macho alpha male band, it was just like uh, stuff piling itself on everything else. It's a lot of pressure uh, and a lot for you to, you know, hold personally because obviously anybody um, – would internalize all of the, you know, cultural messages that we were getting about gay men in the eighties, but you also had your career to think of and the career of all of your bandmates, uh, you know, sort of riding on, on this. So when you do come out in, I think 98, it's a, you know, the, the landscape has changed, but it's also still a very different time in terms of acceptance than we're in now. Um, but you're, your band and the the music industry and and the fans were very supportive um it sort of a delightful surprise to anybody who you know would have thought otherwise but were there forces in your life that were pressuring you to remain in the closet publicly 
or were you, you just sort of overcoming, you, j- j- was it just a personal decision? It was a little bit of both, yeah. I think the, the majority of, of that that you're asking me about was f- from my own choice. Um, but as I, as I talk about in the book, there, there, was, there was an instance here and there where management had said, we, we think you need to be careful, you know. We think you need to um, just be aware of what the consequences may be if you're seen at this place or that place or hanging out with these people, that people, or bring them to a show or whatever it might be. So, and, and, and I must always reference when I talk about this, that that was not on the part of phobia uh, from, from the band or from management. It was common sense. We're a business, you know, we make money. This is how we, this is how we sustain ourselves and our families and the kids and everybody else. So, that that's important to, to never forget but but yeah i mean it, it it was it was mostly coming from myself and um of course that day uh, where i did formally come out on mtv um and then i suddenly get the complete opposite of what i expected uh, and i should have known better um was just was glorious you know i mean uh, the all the, the letters that I received and fax machines. We used to have fax machines in those days. People would find the fax number and send these beautiful letters of we don't we don't care. We just want you to be who you are and do what you do because we love you and the band for that. And then um, really touching, profound letters for, uh, and, and messages from from people that have said because you've done this, I was able to do it myself, which you never expect. Uh, but I believe that that's how a lot of us in, in the gay community have, have found um, a way of, of stepping forward because we're we're standing on each other's shoulders and helping each other, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, a, a gift of roses from the Blessed Virgin Mary is a, a good start. But w- w- was there a was there another moment later? How How did you learn to put yourself first in a way that allowed you to come out was there i think a lot of it happened yeah i think a lot of it really um happened when i became my began my clean and sober journey which is 36 years ago um firstly you know i came out in was it 98 94 was it and i was clean and sober in 86 so I i was already I was already in a better place. I was already in a better place because now I was dealing with honesty and truth and there was no more lies and innuendo and suspicion and all that because it bounces off you when you get out of the closet. Um, so uh, there was all of that uh, that, was, that was happening to me prior to the public formal um, announcement. But uh, I would say, yeah, at, at, that, at that moment where I be, became... Uh, to start this clean and sober journey on January the 6th, 1986. That was a big kind of seismic shift for me in, in complete acceptance uh, of, of myself. Because we were taught that in recovery. I was in re- recovery for 30, 30 days. And they basically give you all the tools to, to let you know that, you know, each of us are beautiful beings and each of us deserve love and we have love whether we know it or not. 
and that no matter what challenges and difficulties you've had prior to starting this new life, because it is a new life, that's all gone. You can let that go. Just let it go. Do an Elsa. Let it go. Mm. Let it go. And, and, and it's, for some of us, it's easy. And for some of us, it's difficult, you know. But I think for me, um, it, it, you know, why did it happen then? What, was, what, what guided me to that place? It's just all part of life and living and the way we are as people and humanity and all of these different circumstances that connect into a day and a week and a month and a year. Why did it happen then? It's, it's just a mystery. That's just the beautiful, some of the beautiful mysteries and miracles of life that we never really understand and we shouldn't ever need to. Just let it go. Just go with the flow. So, um, yeah. I mean, I was, in, I was in a good place even when I was drinking and drugging, but I wasn't in a pure place. I wasn't in a, a, a lucid place where I could really consciously make a decision that was uncluttered, you know, that was just yeah. really um, coming from, from the heart and from the, heart, the soul and the spirit. Uh, truly, your life is full of cinematic moments, filmable moments. We need to... Uh, whether it is a Lifetime movie or an actual film, have you thought about the casting of the Lifetime movie of you and Thomas? Uh, it, it's, it's been brought up in, in, these, okay. in, these wonderful, in these wonderful conversations that I've been having with friends all around the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm curious. I think it would be... I think it would be... Um, um, it would be deep. It would be fun. It would, you know, make you laugh, make you cry, much like right. the book does from, from the feedback that I've been getting. Um, as far as who would play me, I haven't got a clue. I, haven't, I really don't know. What about Somebody Thomas? Meant, uh, who would play Thomas? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, 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 I honestly, hand on heart, haven't really thought about it that deeply. I yeah. just think that if it, if it does happen, it would be a beautiful thing. If it doesn't happen, it will be a beautiful thing. But yeah. in today's world, there seems to be, uh, there seems to be a, 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 a seeking for that type of experience. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody said, somebody, somebody said Johnny Depp. Then somebody said Timothy Chalmont is his name. Chalamet? British, uh-huh. Yeah. Unbelievable actor. Um, yes. I, 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 I certainly think that a likeness is important. You know, when you, look right. what, you look at what uh, Remy did with, with Freddie. God, that was just mind-blowing. Yeah. Me, me as a massive Queen fan always have been and always will. They're, they're, these incredibly talented people, I don't know how they do it. It's just beyond me, you know, that they're able to become another person and be so convincing. So I, I don't know. Have you guys got any ideas? Because I haven't. Um, haven't met Thomas, um, but I am, of course, picturing Henry Cavill in a, in a, you know, in a uniform. <laughs> He's going to love that. Okay. With red hair. With red He's hair, love yeah, that. Yeah. we put red yeah. hair. On him. <clears throat> um, for you, there's a young actor named Fionn O'Shea. He's Irish. Oh, okay. Um, okay. For the early years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because as Later you get older, as you yeah. get older, and you look like this with the, you know, the, oh, the kind of Ray Ban Aviator things and a bit of a goatee and a bald head. I mean, there, there are so many people that look look like me these days <laughs> at this age. I think there's a, you know, take your pick. 
But um, I'd, I'd be fascinated. I'd be honoured, deeply honoured, but I'd be fascinated to see that type of recreation. Well, it's it's out there in the world. We have just made it happen. We've set there the wheels in motion, Rob. There you go. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Rob, uh, guys, gonna... guys I'm, I'm really sorry. I've got my eye on the clock. I know. And, I know. We've got to let you go. Well, I, I, I would just love to talk and talk and talk. Uh, but, but this has been great. The questions have been Once, just be- beautiful. Oh, good. Thanks. Once we're traveling again, if you're in LA, we would love to see you in person and do it I love, all over yes, again. Yes, please. I mean, I like these Zooms, but I'm not really into virtual hugs because I'm a hugger. No. And, yes, um, and that would be that would be great to, to, to meet you all in, in person. But thank you for this, we'll for this time. Thank you for Rob, this time that we've so had. Much. I've had so much fun. And um, all the best. Wash your hands. Wear Thank a mask. You. And uh, I'll see you some. I'll see you sometime in the real world. That's yes. right. Thank okay. you so much, Rob. Thank you, everybody. See you. Bye bye now. Bye-bye. You are a dream. Bye bye. Well, Matt, we've come to the end of another episode. Dave, 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 Dave. Thank you for being here with me, giving me a reason to live. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts with five stars only, of course. Thank you to Renee Colvert with a T, Mm -hmm. our our producer. Thank you to Ryan Connor, our engineer. Thank you to everybody at Earwolf. Uh Thank Um, you, Ben Wise, for the music. Yes. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, Tell a friend, leave a review. We love you.